Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I wish I was there for this particular um, time when this happened, and um, I think about this room um, where a lot was going on. It was Jesus, a Pharisee, and a woman. And I want to be there, so I want to talk about the room where it happened. You may be seated. I've been invited into a lot of rooms in my life. Um, I like to live by the motto that I would rather be invited into a room um, than asked to leave the room. It's always better uh, to be invited in than for you to barge in. Um, My children, um, we have different relationships um, and different taste in what we watch. Uh, Some of my children tell me different things I should watch And they tell me that it's good, but then I have to remind myself that it was only good according to the person who was reviewing the movie. Uh, But I acquiesce and I watch it anyway. But uh, Miles and I share a love for one particular Broadway film called Hamilton. I um, got to go see Hamilton in person. Uh, Miles has got to see it via Disney Plus. When I first... um, came home from going to see it, I told them about it, and they were like, oh, okay. When it came on Disney Plus, I was like, Hamilton's coming to Disney Plus. And they were like, what is Hamilton? So I remember trying to paint the picture of why they should watch it, and uh, including Darius. I was like, hey, everybody's going to watch Hamilton. They were like, what is it? So we sat down to watch it. About 10 minutes into it, Darius says, do they sing everything? I said, this is a musical, it's Broadway. He said, oh, okay. I didn't think that they would like it. At the end of it, Miles said that, he said, that was really good. To this day, since we watched it the very first time, uh, Miles has watched it like 40 times. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I can hear um, 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 in the room where it happened, I can hear Alexander Hamilton, all of these things. I'm like, go to bed, Hamilton, please go to bed. Uh, But I think about this particular text, and as I look at this, even when I was in Jerusalem, there were different areas that we were at in the holy city, the holy land, rather, and um, there were different rooms that we went into that we had to imagine what it would have been like to have been there. Uh, When we went into um, the room that they dubbed as the area that the disciples, they waited, or those who were there, the 120 that were there, waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, day of Pentecost, I don't know if we imagined what happened because it seemed like what happened then happened in that moment. Um, I blame uh, evangelist uh, Dr. Stacia Emanuel for reading the scripture, because had she not read Acts 2, we might have been okay. Uh, But as they start reading Acts 2, and all of a sudden, everybody wanted to experience what Acts 2 was like in that room, so much so um, that our tour guide uh, told us we were being kicked out of the room because we were making too much noise. It was a tourist place, not a room for happenings. 
Um, there are a lot of people who would try to stifle you once you get into a room of gratitude. When we went into the room where they say Jesus was buried, um, I can still not to this day find the adequate words to define what it was to feel or to be in the room. I don't know if he was buried there exactly or not, but to be in the proximity of where my sins were paid for. To actually see Galgotha and to go into the room where they laid him and thought it was over. And for the tour guide to look at us and we saw a rock beside the particular opening and we said, is that the same rock that was there? Is that the same stone that was there that they put in front of it to make sure Jesus didn't escape? The tour guide said, actually, that's not the same rock. That rock right there, you can move. And I said, oh, that seems so. He said, the actual rock that was there uh, when Jesus' time to this date since it's been moved We've never found it. Archaeologists, uh, uh, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Those people. Diggers. <laughs> They've been looking and trying to find the stone that kept Jesus in the tomb. But when the angels moved it, nobody can find it. When God moves something, When God adjusts things and he, he will make it as if it was never there in the first place. <laughs> the stone that the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. So I, I imagine being in the room where those things happen. And now when I look at this particular story, I wish I was there to experience what it would have been like in the room where it happened. 37 says, and behold, there was a woman who was a sinner that when she had heard that Jesus was there in the room, Jesus had been invited by a Pharisee. A Pharisee in that time was a religious leader who was one who had belief systems or, uh, but they were ones who were law carriers, uh, but they weren't necessarily ones who had a personal relationship with Jesus. They had something based on laws. It was based on what they had heard. So they invited, this Pharisee invited Jesus to his house or to a room. Jesus comes and Jesus sits down. There wasn't a chair like this. Um, it was basically they, when they sat down, they basically sat down on pillows. And when they sat down, their, their feet were basically behind them. They were not sitting on chairs like we have, but they were sitting down. And as this woman who was a sinner heard that Jesus was in the room, this woman who was a sinner who had an issue, she came into the room. And when she came towards Jesus, she all of a sudden lost herself and began to start to cry. And as she began to cry, she was starting, she was carrying something that was expensive called alabaster. 
It was an expensive perfume that was often something that people who were um, uh, giving their, their daughter away to be married would give them as a dowry. It was something that represented wealth. So whatever she carried was expensive. A person who was in deep sin but carrying something expensive. Somebody who was going through a whole lot but she was carrying something expensive. Something that could have been used for something else. But she saw an opportunity to use it on something priceless. She had something expensive. But I believe you have to understand that even in the moment of her coming, she wasn't invited in the room. Women were not invited in the circle of men. Uh, women were not invited to be in the presence of company where men were having conversations. But there was something about this woman that she came into the room because she heard of who was in the room. I want to just park here for a moment just to assume that there are some of you who came to 301 Harvard Drive today because you heard that Jesus was going to be in the room. I, I just assume that. I don't believe you came here because you had nothing else to do. I don't believe you came here. You could have been streaming. But I believe somebody pulled up on the parking lot because of what you heard. You heard that there was an opportunity to bring your expense to something priceless. <laughs> this woman came and when she came, all of a sudden she started to cry. And as she cried, her hair uh, was, was, uh, was pulled up. But all of a sudden she cried and she started to, to wipe. She saw that Jesus' feet were getting wet. And she started to dry his feet with her tears. Have you ever gone through so much stuff that what you are going through starts leaking on somebody else? Have you gone through, Jesus, have, have you gone through so much stuff where some of you starts to leak out on somebody else? It's one thing for you to cry by yourself, but how, have you ever gone through something that, that wherever you go, whatever you're going through follows you? This woman came into the room and she starts to cry, wipe Jesus' feet with her tears. And, and all of a sudden while she was there, the reason that I believe that this was so important to this woman who has sins I believe it was important because the room where this happened was, is that her, her public ministry came from her private misery. This was a public display between a religious leader and a righteous savior. But her private ministry brought her to a public moment if you want to be a part of a real ministry get a ministry full of people who have private misery when you have private ministry you don't care nothing about what anybody says when you're going through something that is so private and so difficult, you don't care about opinions. You don't care about what people have to say about what you have on. You don't care about people bringing up your past. You say this thing right here is private, but this right here is public. My praise is not based on because I was invited in the room. My praise is based on I came in the room because of what was going on privately. 
I didn't wait on him to invite me in because religious people don't want you around ever. Huh. Maybe y'all don't know any religious people. <laughs> religious people will remind you of who you were and never let you grow from it. Now, religious people will always use the law against you. Religious people will say, I don't know why that person didn't just put their hands on the wheel and just follow the instructions of the officer. They might not have gotten shot because the law is what they use. But sometimes the law is crooked. The law is only used for a certain group of people and not used for everybody. So this woman said, I don't care what the law says. I need to have a moment with Jesus. And I want to know, is there anybody in the room who says, I don't care what you say. I've got to have a moment. I've got, I've got to have my moment. I didn't come all the way over here on this side of Lexington just to have ordinary church. I could stay home, but I need to have a moment. Somebody say, I got to have a moment. Because what I'm going through privately, I got to bring it before Jesus. She stood at his feet because there were other people who were. Uh, might have been around but the other people who were around were standing on the walls so this woman as she's crying and sitting there before Jesus there's a lot of people that are looking at her saying does it take all of that who do you think you are with your lustful self who you think you are with your envious self you ain't even been in church long enough to know protocol. Who do you think you are coming before Jesus like that? I don't care nothing about your tears. But you coming in here before Jesus breaking protocol. You're not even supposed to be in the room. You are a woman. You weren't invited in here. You weren't invited in here because you don't belong. Why are you still here? The Pharisee who's a lawgiver, responds to this moment. And the Pharisee says, uh, if Jesus was who he said he was, he would know that this is a lustful woman, a sinner. He wouldn't have even invited her into the room. Have you ever had anybody say, if you really knew who, how they were, you might not like them? A lot of people who, who want to tell you the story behind the story. Y'all don't you want to be real. I'm sorry. I thought I had a real church. Uh, people who really, they tell you, they, they take you to the part. They take you to the room after we get out of this room. To tell you the real stuff that goes on behind the scenes of the church. See in here, oh, this is a wonderful building. But if you meet some people after here, they'll tell you what really goes on. And then all of a sudden you'll be crying too. Don't get too quiet. So here, this Pharisee said, if you are so holy, you don't deal with ratchet. Not to Jesus. I know because you know the scripture does say to come apart from them and be ye holy. Be separate from them. You know, we don't deal with them, Jesus. But Jesus responds to him and Jesus responds and he says, he says, Simon, he was a Pharisee. But when somebody's wrong, I'll call you by your name. They may call you in your title in the street, but you around me, Simon. You know, it's very important that you are around people who remind you of who you are. 
It's very important that you keep people around you who are not enamored by your skills, your gifts, or your title. You need people who are around you who can call you Simon, Shaniqua, Boo Boo, Kitty, whatever, when they need to, and say, look, I remember. Don't get too caught up on yourself. We used to tell the teenagers, you're smelling yourself. You're smelling yourself. Come on. Come on. Get yourself together. He says, Simon, as if he knew him and Simon didn't know him. He wanted to be called Pharisee based on his, his title, based on his tree. He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. He responds to him. He says, I have something to say to you. And the reason that he silenced Simon is because he wanted Simon to know that the moment was more important than the mess. The mess is what created this moment. If she weren't filled with mess, she didn't have adultery and greed and pride and envious. She would have never had this moment. I want to know, is there anybody in the room who you, your greatest praise was a messy praise? Oh. See, we do a lot of cute stuff, like, and you check your track to make sure it's still in place and all that type of stuff. It's cute. But see, I've been exposed to a type of church where your hair is all disheveled, where lashes are coming off. Matter of fact, when I was growing up, they didn't have no lashes. This morning. I, I might be, I'm trying to date myself, but they didn't have lashes. When I was growing up, people would have three-piece double-breasted suits on and everything and would out-shout some of y'all with skinny jeans. And y'all say, as, as they used to say about some of the church of God in Christ and other Pentecostal movements, the reason they shouted is because they weren't educated. That's not why they shouted. They shouted because they were grateful. They shouted because they drove through Mississippi and made it. They, they shouted because they drove through Alabama and came back to tell the story. They shouted because they could have been dead, but they're still alive. That's why they shouted. But now we got people who say you ain't got nothing to eat and you got all types of options in the refrigerator, but you just don't like what you got. That ain't hungry. Mama used to tell me if you don't like what there's to eat, go get you some bologna, put it in the skillet and make sure it bubbles. That's when you're hungry. Y'all don't know about that. You got to slit it in the middle and make sure it bubbles up. I want it burned on the edges. Get a real bologna. Y'all don't know about no bologna. Bologna, what's bologna? Chick-fil-A, I don't know. It's closed on Sunday. Get you some bologna. I used to say, mama, what nothing to eat. She says, a few hot dogs in there. I don't nobody want no hot dogs. Well, you must not be hungry. Now we got children that say, I don't eat that. Well, you won't eat. I'm sorry. I don't talk to my child like that. What's, that's what's wrong? Because when you get in a bad situation, you'll become creative. You'll put you some peanut butter and jelly and mix that thing. Some of y'all like that. Y'all don't get the peanut butter and jelly. You want the already pre-mixed peanut butter and jelly. The jelly I had, we took a slice of peanut butter and then put some jelly on the top of it. And I take a spoon and I would spurl that thing up and I would eat it and I would say, that was good. I'm sorry. Y'all don't, don't know nothing like that. But it was because of her mess she had this moment. And do you understand how uncomfortable it is to stay in your mess and nobody's acknowledging you? See, y'all are comfortable because you're sitting on pews. She's been on her knees the entire time and in pain. 
And not one person has come and tried to help or assist her. Because people will watch you in pain and never assist you. People watch you in your mess and never come to help you. People will watch you go all the way down and be exposed and never help you. People will watch you search for job after job after job after job after job and do everything you can. And you got a record and that's why you can't get a job. And people will say it's a shame that you ain't working. And you say if you knew why I was locked up, you would understand why my story is the way that it is. But you don't understand me so you'd rather watch me struggle and put your mouth on something that you do not understand. know what it's like to be marginalized just by looking at you I'm trying to do better but I can't get I can't even get off the floor have you ever gone through something so bad that you can't even get up if you wanted to ever gone through a situation that was so difficult that you wanted every time you try to get up life knocks you back down every time you thought you were going to get ahead life knocks you back down maybe I ain't talking to nobody ain't never gone through nothing like that but some of y'all have tried and you tried and you tried and ain't nothing working and every time you try to get a moment mess comes the only reason she came to Jesus is because of her mess Jesus said to her and almost through I'm gonna get you some help Jesus said, you know, there was a man who had a debt. I hope this is blessing somebody. Had a debt. One owed 500, the other 50. When they could not pay, the man canceled the debt of both of them. <laughs> Jesus said, Simon, which one do you think? Which one do you think has more gratitude? And Simon said, I guess the one who had the larger debt. Jesus said to him, he said, you know, Simon, he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house by your invitation. You never offered me water to wash my feet. Uh, to understand the time when these people were walking around, they weren't walking around with new Nikes. They weren't walking around with the latest uh, shoe. They weren't walking. They walked around with open-toed shoes and, and, the were, and the streets were not paved. So they were walking around in mess. It's one thing for mess to come to me, but it's another thing for me to walk in mess all day long. It's one thing for me to come with my mess, but it's another thing for me to walk in mess everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, mess follows me. I smell like the mess I step in. I walk in the mess. I, I live in mess. I step in mess. Everywhere I go, mess goes before I say a word because I smell like where I've been. Jesus smelled like, Jesus smelled like where he had been. Some of you smell like where you've been. Shouting and stinking. Trying to lead somebody else, but you've got some stuff that you hadn't washed off of you yet either. It's very hard to, to judge people when you're smelling yourself. How dare you judge the church when you're just as messy as the thing that you're judging? How dare you put your mouth on the man of God and you hadn't even tried to get your life together? How dare you put your mouth on the church of Jesus Christ and we're trying to do the best we can? At least we acknowledge when we need some water. And here you are with your thirsty self. Trying to get a man to quench what only God can. So I invited her into the, to the house. But you didn't even show me hospitality. 
Oh, I wish we had a hospitable church. <laughs> they would at least give Jesus some water to wash his feet. <laughs> you don't understand what that means, Brandon. To be able to say to wash his feet is to say, I know he blessed me. But before he gets to you, I want him to be good enough to be able to bless you too. So that means whatever was on me, I want it off of him so that when he gets to you, that whatever was on me is not on you. <laughs> I want to make sure that when Jesus gets to you, that there's enough of him to get to you. Because some of us are split so through, we're split so thin that I'm trying to give you a piece of me. And I'm a pastor right now. Later on, I'm going to be a husband. And later on, I'm going to be a dad. And later on, I'm going to be an employee. And later on, I'm going to be a counselor. And there's so many parts of me that I can't keep up. And there's so many parts of Jesus that wants to touch everybody in the room that I want to make sure that there's enough of him to get around. So Jesus, he didn't offer me no water to wash my feet. But this woman, who you say you don't deal with, who you say doesn't even deserve to be here, this woman has not ceased to wash my feet with her tears. Hey, woman, what make you cry? Why are you crying? Because grace produces gratitude. Where sin abounded, grace did more abound. The more sin that was on me, the more grace was poured on me. The more wrong I was, the more he kept reaching towards me. He reached towards me when the church didn't reach towards me. He looked towards me when the church said, we don't deal with that kind. But sometimes when you receive grace and you didn't deserve it, it'll produce gratitude. If you want a room filled with some good sanctified praises, get a people in the room who are real grateful. I'm talking about people who just remember and reflect. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would be crazy. You know how I got filled with the Holy Ghost? Gratitude. It wasn't because my hands were lifted. It's because there was something inside of me that was grateful. They said, put a praise on your lips. Put praise on your lips. And the more you praise them, some of that stuff will come off of you. And gratitude, grace produces gratitude. And can we get about 30 seconds of people who would just give God praise for his grace? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I'm not talking about grace in a car. I'm not talking about grace for a bull. I'm not talking about grace on your resume. I'm talking about justice demanded. Uh, uh, that I should die. <laughs> but mercy said, oh no. Uh, I've already paid the price. Grace will give me access where religion won't. With your lustful self, but I still got grace. With your messy self, but I still got grace. Your cussing self, but I still got grace. 
your murdering self, somebody who, you know, I'm not talking about what you deal with a gun, I'm talking about what you deal with your mouth, but you still got grace. And what does grace do? Grace gives me another chance. I owe the bill, but grace said I'm going to give you more time. Can we give God praise for him giving you more time? Come on, Lillian, Lord. He gave me one more chance. Uh, uh, uh. Thank God for his grace. I can run all over this church when I think about the moments where I receive judgment, where I deserve judgment, but he gave me his grace. Some of y'all think y'all know Pastor Mario. You know Pastor Mario, but you don't know Mario. Mario needs grace. Pastor Mario is under the anointing, but if it's not for the anointing, Mario might creep up every once in a while, and Mario ain't a pretty thing. But I thank God for his grace. Grace covers me. Grace covers me. Can you put your hand over your head, over your head right now? And say I'm covered in grace. I'm drenched in it. I might have had a generational birthing that I don't like, but grace will counsel what I was born in. Thank you for your grace. He said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." Uh. My God, trying to get out of this, my last point. He said to her, he says, you, you kissed my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my head with oil anointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many. She's got a lot of stuff on her. Ooh, man. Ooh, shoot. When you start getting to really disciple people. I wish we had a church who where you could see what I'm dealing with and then put it aside. But that ain't the church I know. The church I know is, oh, you see what she's dealing with? Don't put her on the worship team. Oh, you didn't know either? Watch your wife around her. Oh, you, oh, you no, she don't like men. She'll sleep with your wife. Don't put her on the personal touch team. We don't, we don't want people like that. Oh, you didn't know? Let me make sure you know too. Did you know? That's what I said. Have mercy. We got people like that in growth point. That ain't no holy church. Oh, shoot. Oh, y'all didn't know back here. Let me make sure y'all know, too. Woo, it's so good. It's juicy. Hey, Kayla, did you know she's a mess? Trying to get in a small group. Shoot, you better watch it, girl. Who else don't know? Oh, I got some people from Louisville. I want to make sure y'all know. Did y'all know? Tell me. Boy, look. Ooh, that's good thing. Y'all better tell Pastor Tim. That's what I'm dealing with trying to pastor people with this. Foolishness. Shoot. And y'all laughing, but you doing it. Y'all laughing, saying, I can't believe it. And I can't believe you. 
Show me your text messages and show me the conversations you had. Show me who you've been talking about lately. And there's somebody sitting here with stuff they want off of them and you sharing it and carrying it with everybody in Lexington. I'm sorry, Jermaine. I messed up all y'all's cameras today. He said, your sins are many, but I don't even care. You got a lot on you, but it's too much for you to carry. How, how you been dealing, carrying all this stuff? You've been in church all this time and ain't nobody trying to help you take this stuff off? How many ministries you said you've been a part of? And everybody's, everybody's let you carry this? How many churches have you led worship at and everybody just let you walk around with this on your back? They gave you a check, but they didn't take it off of you? Oh, so, so your tithe was more important than your sins. And then nobody care enough to tell you you can't carry that stuff? Really? So Jesus said, your sins, which are many, they are forgiven. Y'all clap. But that ain't what he did. Simon said, so you got power to forgive sins? Also, you, you that good that you can take away stuff that's on people. Oh, so you can change her story just like that. Oh, okay. So that's what we do now. We don't hold stuff against people no more. So we just let everybody serve in ministry now. People who got mess and drama. That, so that's what we do now. That's why I came to Growth Point because I thought I had a standard. So we ain't got no standard. So we just let anybody in. Oh, I thought this was holiness. I thought this was a sanctified church. Also, y'all don't even let women wear skirts on the stage. You don't require that. You let them wear that on the stage. Oh, okay. All right. Huh. You forgive sins now. Is that what you do? How cute is that? That's cute. Y'all forgiving church. Oh, y'all cute. Y'all is a loving church. Oh, y'all love people into wholeness. That's what y'all do. Y'all love people until they get it together. That, that's what y'all do. Oh, how's that? Oh, that, oh that's beautiful. I see y'all in six years. See how that's working for you. Jesus didn't just take away what he said. He added more to it. <laughs> he didn't just say your sin. He didn't just say your sins are forgiven. He said your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So she walked in here with stuff, but she left out with her stuff still before Jesus. If I'm going to drop my stuff anywhere, it's going to be before Jesus. If I'm going to lay my stuff anywhere, it's going to be before the person who can handle it. Some of y'all are giving your business to people who can't handle it. The reason that Jesus was able to speak with such authority. It's my last point is in the room where his message changed the mess. 
one word from God can change your entire situation. Y'all don't, don't have anybody believe that. One word from God, one encounter from God can change your entire situation and can exchange and change your entire life. You can go to church for 20 years and stay the same. Let me tell you, I was a part of a church here in the city. Licensed here at the church, a part of a city in the, in the city. Licensed minister. I cannot remember one conversation where anybody in leadership ever asked me about my life. Cared about my performance. Can you direct the choir this Sunday? Can you sing? Can you preach? Because, you know, when you preach, things happen. They want it. They wanted my performance. But I don't remember one conversation where somebody said, how you dealing with that? Let, let, me, let me pray with you about this. Matter of fact, I enjoy your, I enjoy your preaching, but your life matters to me more than your preaching. I'm going to ask that you have a seat for a second. Bring it before Jesus. Bring it before Jesus. I, I don't care how dirty it is. Bring it to him. I don't care how it makes other people shudder. Bring it to Jesus. I don't care how it makes other people uncomfortable. Bring it to Jesus because he can handle it. Somebody told me one time, uh, Sandra, they said, I don't, I don't think you should preach as raw as you do. Because everybody can't handle that. I said, with all due respect, whoever don't want to hear it, I don't want to preach to them anyway. Because to the people I'm called to are people who are tired of carrying all this stuff. There are some churches I'm not going to be invited to because it's filled with too many Simons. But I want some people that are ready to break protocol and be able to say, I know I wasn't invited, but I'm coming. <laughs> I know I'm not scheduled for this deliverance, but I'm coming. I know I'm not scheduled for this healing, but I need it. I know I'm not scheduled for this breakthrough, but I need it. Can we get anybody in the room right now who would just lift up your voice for a moment and say, I'm desperate. I'm, I'm, I'm desperate. Uh, I got to have a move. I, I got to have something that takes this off of me. I can't stay this. I, I can't carry all this stuff. It's, it's, it's too much. My children are watching me carry this stuff, and I, I, I can't stay like this. I can't come to the church like this all the time. I need somebody to take it off of me so I can go in peace. Everybody lift your hands all over the room. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you, uh, Coach, and thank you, Lucian. Everybody lift your hands in the room. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Huh. I pray whatever is on these people today, whatever heaviness, whatever trial, whatever situation, whatever is on them. I pray, Lord, that the same spirit that was on Jesus that day would be in this room. 
let it happen here. Let it happen here. Let every area of heaviness lift off of them. Uh, whew, Jesus, huh? Glory. Let every heaviness lift off of them today. Uh, may they leave here in peace, uh, the peace of God uh, that surpasses all understanding. Uh, the peace of God that will guard their heart and keep their minds. That, that type of peace that you will keep them in as they keep their minds stayed on you. Uh. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.